But can I say, yeah, I'm ready to go Like weed seeds in the pot, yeah, I'm ready to grow And I don't care if the growth is fast or slow Grow my fan base, cause that's what really matters the most I see the top of y'all, swear I'm so close You ain't taking medication, let me give you a dose I am the realest in the end, that's not no quote Let's see who disagrees, raise your hand to vote Yo, what's up, guys? It's episode 21. There's plenty of news going around. This NFL trade deadline is closing in. But before we get into that, we're going to get into the NCAA news recaps for this past weekend. I'm your host, Dave, along with my co-host, Webb. What's good, baby? How you doing today? I'm doing good. How you doing? I'm good, man. Enjoying this weather out here. We get some of that Detroit weather out here right now. It's about 50 Today is supposed to be a high like 65. So, as soon as we get over this, probably a lot better. All right, feeling that. You know it's cold over here. So, oh, of course it's November. It's getting ready to be November, so it's gonna be freezing cold. I'm, I'm not surprised with Detroit weather. I never want to go back there, man. Not to live anyway. So, um, let's just talk about this real quick. Last weekend, we seen Oklahoma get upset by Kansas State, and Michigan had a blowout against Notre Dame. Alabama still looks good, but they lost that number one spot to LSU, as Alabama beat Arkansas 48-7, to I believe. What went wrong with Oklahoma? I know people kept talking about that their defense was going to get tested, their defense wasn't all that. And the last couple of games we've seen where Kansas had them on the edge, Texas had them on the edge, um, but Oklahoma came back and looked, you know, phenomenal behind Jalen Hurts and his play, big playability. I believe he had four touchdowns, three passing, one rushing this um, past game against Kansas State. I was just surprised to see them lose. Um, how about you? Um, well, the first thing that I noticed initially was that Oklahoma really couldn't stop the run, which I was a little surprised at. And then Kansas State, they they ran the play action well, and then they incorporated some options. They ran with the QB. So, and they held Oklahoma to too many field goals. I mean, Oklahoma just slept on them. And that's what, and that's the end result. Sometimes you lose. That's what I like. And do you think L is going to cost them a playoff berth, college football playoff berth? Yeah, I think that's going to cost it for them because the top five, it switched up in the past week. So it's I think it's sold up right now because Clemson's at what, five? Clemson is at four last time I oh, checked. because yeah, Ohio State moved up to, I think, three. Ohio State's still at three. Alabama's at two. LSU, one. And I believe Clemson is at four. Five is, I want to say, Penn State. And number six is Florida. And Florida still has a chance to get into, you know, a top four team. Depending on a couple other teams, what they do. Um, Michigan is getting hot at the at the end of the season. This is how they should have been playing all season. But um, 
let's go ahead and get into this number 13 at number three Ohio State recap. I wasn't surprised by the victor, but I am surprised by the margin of victory by Ohio State. We saw two fearless defenses go head to head. Looked really good going into the second quarter, and then um, Justin Fields just took over the game. The defense of Ohio State was able to get into the backfield often and create pressure. They also slowed down a rushing attack by Jonathan Taylor. And Ohio State really looks like the number one team. I can't argue with the spot that LSU is in now, but if either or were in the number one spot, I wouldn't be mad about that. We're going to take a brief break and we'll be right back. All right, we apologize about that. We're back having some technical difficulties this morning. Um, Webb, what did he see as far as the Wisconsin and Ohio State game? I talked a little bit about the defense of both teams and then how just turned it on. Um, What did you see? What was the difference maker? What were some of your key takeaways from that game? Well, just the main couple bullet points that I was pointing out is that uh, they held Oklahoma to just too many field goals. And Oklahoma had a hard time stopping the run, which I was a little bit surprised at. And it looked like in the beginning, they just slept on them. And they uh, they did a good job executing the play action, and they did throw some uh, option in there, and they did run with the quarterback. So Oklahoma got to run for their money. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, they did. And um, I'm sorry I, I wasn't more clear with you. I know that you need to get your point across about Oklahoma. Um, we had actually moved on to the Wisconsin-Ohio State recap, which is fine. Um, what do you What do you take away from that from that game? Oh, the oh, the Ohio State. Okay. Well, the first half was really Wisconsin's chance to make this game competitive, even though they were losing. 10 to 7 at the end of the first half. They still sacked Justin Fields a couple times, blocked a punt that led to an early second half touchdown to Jonathan Taylor, which was a beautiful throw by Jack Cohen, I just want to say, between two defenders. It was crazy. I couldn't believe he caught it. But things weren't going 100% their way, but things were manageable. And then something happened at halftime. Ohio State must have had a a moment of self-awareness because they came back and it was business as usual, putting together back-to-back touchdowns. One by a rush by Justin Fields and the other one by J.K. Dobbins. And Jack Cohn was just overwhelmed by Chase Young. Chase Young was recapping even four sacks and a strip and a strip uh, a forced fumble. But overall. Wisconsin just couldn't keep up. They were getting shredded at the end. And Chase Young might be the best defensive player in the nation. Yeah. Yeah. He's absolutely a beast. So I would love for him to be – if I was starting a franchise and I was looking for some key pieces on defense, he would be someone that I'd be eyeing. I just want to point this out real quick. Last episode I did point out that although Jonathan Taylor had more touchdowns than J.K. Dobbins, J.K. Dobbins was only – he only had 10 less rushing yards than Jonathan Taylor. 
And this game, Jonathan Taylor only rushed for 52 yards. J.K. JK Dobbins, 163 with two touchdowns. Yeah, um, Dobbins was just – he was great. He's You can obviously see his experience, his speed on the field. He's um, a great player to watch. Nothing to take away from Jonathan Taylor, but it, it's, Dobbins is just a better back when you look at it from that game and what the defense was able to do to stop Jonathan Taylor. And even though Wisconsin has had one of the top five defenses along with Ohio State, um, their defense was not good enough to stop Dobbins from doing damage on the ground. Right. So, number nine, Auburn at number two, LSU. I think this was a great game. This is probably one of the better games in the SEC that I've watched this year. A narrow victory by LSU. Bo Nix got to give him credit. He 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 hung his head in there, did as good as he could to get his team to the promised land. But LSU came out victorious, and they deserved that number one spot. Um, it was a well deserved, um, well earned ranking for them. Right, I agree. I guess what I can add to that, I mean, if we look at Joe Burrow, he passed for 321 yards and a touchdown, and also rushed for a touchdown. LSU's offense produced 500 plus yards, but the offer, the Auburn defense didn't go quietly. They had a couple fourth down stops and an interception while accounting for three sacks. And Joe Burrow took a concussion protocol level hit on a scramble toward the sideline early in the second quarter. Did you see that? Did you see that hit that Joe Burrow took? I did not see the hit. I was flipping between a couple of games and I missed that one. Oh my! It was bad. It was bad. Um, but Auburn's offense—they missed out, and they really didn't make the most of their chances. Like for example, DJ Williams, uh, the Auburn back rushed for 130 yards, including a huge draw play from their own 20, and the safety Grant Delpit with the effort to knock him out of bounds inside LSU's 10, which I believe was actually the two, and that ended in a field goal. Or when LSU turned it over on fourth down on the two on a screen. You know, and then they didn't... All those things start to add up, like you said. You know what I mean? They all mean something. They all mean play a factor into if you're going to win or lose the game, if you can't capitalize on stops, defensive stops, um, or if you can't capitalize on your offense moving the ball down the field, you know? Not even to mention the tw- the combined 27 flags, 15 of them on Auburn. You know what I mean? Yeah, so discipline. They just, they killed themselves. Um, I agree with you. I, I totally agree with you. Um, but let's go ahead and let me hear your player of the week for week nine NCAA football. Okay. It's going to sound a little crazy, but my play, but it's my player of the week and I'm giving it to JK Dobbins. Why? Obviously, Ohio State went into the game as the better team, but he was not seen as the better back, and he outperformed Jonathan Taylor with 20 carries, two touchdowns, and 163 yards. And Jonathan Taylor was the centerpiece of Wisconsin's offense and one of the best backs in the country. That's a good pick, Um, and especially in a a big – 10 game, um, a huge game, a lot on stake, a lot at stake, and 
Especially, you know, you're coming with the victory. Especially for Ohio State. Exactly. So you come up with the victory and your running back has a good game. I mean, that's a good pick. I'm going to go with K.J. Osborne out of the University of Miami to transfer, senior transfer from Buffalo. Had six catches for 94 yards and a touchdown, plus a win over Pitt, um, which really helps the charisma, the chemistry among the University of Miami Hurricanes. As they have struggled, they have um, not lived up to the potential of experts or fans this year, but... um, been waiting for KJ to have a sort of breakout game, and he had it this week. So, congratulations to our players of the week. We see y'all working, and um, best of luck for the rest of the season. Bowl games, football playoffs that you want to get into, best of luck to you. Okay, so here we are. Um, going into week nine NFL, we have the trade deadline coming up. And so, what we have for news for you today is JJ Watt is out for the remainder of the season. Um, I believe a shoulder injury, correct? No, it's a torn pectoral injury. Pectoral injury, torn. Okay, so here's my thing on JJ. Uh, when's the last time he finished the whole season? Like, this guy is very injury prone, and it's unfortunate because he's such a great player. But I'm just not sure he's worth investing in any more money into because he cannot ever finish a season. And so now you're without JJ Watt, and you just got rid of um, Clowney to the Seahawks so your defensive line is is down uh, in the slumps right now because of that and uh, do you have an opinion on it well I mean their second their secondary wasn't the greatest to begin with so I think that's a a very 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 big loss on defense but I mean with how impactful their offense is I'm curious to see how it affects the rest of their season so it's a wait and see. Um, and I think we will get our first. Do they have a bye week? Do you know this week? I'm not sure. If Texas have a, but we will get our first look um, of the Texans without JJ Watt. Um, let's see here. They do play this week the Jags, so we'll see how they do against the Jags and Leonard Fournette and company. This week on the third, um, Leonard Williams from the Jets has been moved to the Giants. From my understanding, I've been trying to move him for a while and finally got a buyer. They don't believe that he has lived up to his potential, and hopefully he can revive his career um, with the New York Giants. First round draft pick um, out of USC, my hometown, Daytona Beach. To high school, Leonard Williams. So, you know, uh, for each other, Bucks, we all, but he has not lived a so hopefully, he can revive his career there and it doesn't stop. Um, the line that made Darius, do you think they're gonna trade just to see what they can get for him? I think it's just to see what they can get for him. Obviously, he's their best defender, in my opinion, he's their best defender. Um, but you got to also look at his age. I mean, he's 28. He's about to be 30. How much money are you going to really look to invest in him in the future? Looking at that. So it's worth a chance just to look and see what you can get from him right now while he's at his peak still or nearing the end of it. 
and he has a favorable contract with the Lions right now, so I can't see them moving him and bringing out bringing someone else along um, if it might cost them more money. And especially because, like you said, he's their best defender. He's their best defender, and they need him on the field. Arizona but, receives. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead my yeah. bad. To add one last thing. Plus, I honestly, if if the Lions were as bad as Washington or Miami or Cincinnati, I would say, okay, go ahead and trade them. But I think the Lions are better than those teams, better than Arizona. I think the Lions, with a couple, with a little bit more work, a couple more, a couple more people, a couple more pieces, I think they. They could make the playoffs. I think they could make the playoffs. Yeah, they definitely got some work to do. A um, couple of two games I know for sure they got screwed out of. But, um, you know, they do have some work to do. And but they're not, we'll see. What the- they're not as bad as, every, as everybody thinks they are compared to other teams in the league. Oh, of course, yeah. And they're not in a bad place either. I mean... Matt Stafford is having an MVP year, and I know I've but this year he's having an MVP year. He has 16 touchdowns, tied in second um, behind Aaron Rodgers. That was, uh, I think that was before Sunday. Or as of Sunday, he was tied with Aaron Rodgers and behind Russell Wilson. So he's having a really good year. The Lions are having a good year. Their record might not have reflected, but... When you watch them play, they look like a real deal team. Um, Arizona receives King and Drake in a trade, and I believe that's because you know uh, David Johnson can't stay healthy either. He's one of those players who can't stay healthy. They have Chase Edmonds, but they do need another back. It may be Chase Edmonds. They believe that they could be a, a playoff team if they get another back. Go ahead. Chase Edmonds is hurt too. Oh, wow, I missed that one. Yeah. So, yeah, they need it back. They need it back desperately. I have Chase Edmonds on my fantasy team. That's how I know he got hurt. But I think it's a good move for Arizona. Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake had potential. He just played for Miami. I mean, last year he did have that game-winning touchdown against the Patriots. He, I mean, it was a bunch of laterals, but he scored the touchdown. Yeah, Kenyon Drake would be a good fit for the right team. Miami just not the right team for him to get team to showcase his talents. Also, in other news, there was a report that Le'Veon Bell would be traded from the Jets. Now it's um, a talk saying that they're not going to trade him. I think that they might be better off trading him now and getting rid of him um, to a better team. There's also talks of Melvin Gordon being traded, possibly landing spot Detroit Lions as they need it back. There's there's talks of Jamal Adams, the safety for the Jets, being traded to the Cowboys. They have interest in him, plus that's his hometown team, and he would um, like to go back there and play. Did I miss any other trades? Uh, no, I think you got them. Oh, the Rams, um, Aqib Tlaib. Yeah, has yeah, been yeah. traded to Miami. That that is terrible. The difference between the NBA and the NFL is you get traded to a terrible team. You have a time where you can do a buyout if a team wants to buy out your contract, and you can go play somewhere else. And I feel sorry for the guy because I mean he's not getting any younger, and 
you don't want to end your career in Miami where they don't even really want to win. We've seen them go up 14-0 against Pittsburgh last night and give it all back and the win. Right. Oh, one more. Jannard Avery, defensive end from the Browns, was traded to the Eagles. And I believe the Patriots are interested in bringing Tyler Effort in from Cincinnati. Also, breaking news, Cincinnati has bitched Andy Dalton for the remainder of the season. We'll start their rookie quarterback. Terrible. It only took them nine games to figure that out. Uh, and that's Ryan Finley. He's the, he's the rookie quarterback. Yes. And the Chargers were offensive coordinator. You said they they fired? Yes, they, they released their offensive coordinator. They fired him. And they should have because they've been playing like crap for the last seven weeks. They barely beat the Bears. Um, and the Bears defense didn't play that great. So let's the move. Bears offense. Huh? And the Bears offense is. Oh, if they don't do something with Trubisky and get him out of there, they're going to be in a lot of more trouble than what they're already in. Because he is just not... I mean, he had an okay season, I think, like last season or season before that, but ever since then, he hasn't really been anything to brag about. They could have had Mahomes or Deshaun Watson, but they traded up to get Mitchell Trubisky. Um, Yeah, and I feel like as far as their quarterback situations go, they're similar to the Detroit Pistons when they trade up to get a better player and they miss out on people like Melo, like Chris Bosh, like Dwayne Wade, like um, uh, also Donovan Mitchell in recent years. So it's like, what do you, what kind of scouting do you guys have? Who's who's handling this stuff for you, man? All right. Um, so let's go ahead and go back to Fluke Real, guys. Remember that when we do this section, a couple teams will pop up because we might have had a different opinion about them at one point in time, and now it's time to readdress that opinion. So back in our Fluke Real, we're going to start with the 49ers, who are 7-0. and I know I said I thought they were fluke. I didn't think they could beat the Rams, but they have proven it. They are a real team. And then you add in... Um, Emmanuel Sanders, Tevin Coleman comes back and has a monster game. I believe I, I believe that they're real. I'm not going to say I'm on their bandwagon, but I believe they're a real team. Nick Bosa is, is really good. You have Richard Sherman. Their defense plays well. They play discipline. I'm buying into uh, the 49ers. Your opinion still the same about the 49ers? Yeah, I've been, see, I've been bought into the 49ers for a couple weeks now. I mean... I see Nick Bosa. I see their defense. I see the I see the uh, flexible, reliable running game they have. And now they get Emmanuel Sanders, which is only going to give Jimmy Garoppolo, who's been throwing the football, I want to say, lacking a little bit. But I think that can only make them better. So I'm 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 thinking the 49ers are real. I'm there. I'm on, I'm with them. I'm there with you, too. The Saints, uh, you know, they missed Drew Brees for a couple weeks. He came back. Looked really good. They've lost one game. They're 7-1. and one. They're on a bye week this week. I have always thought they were a real team. 
But I thought if Ted or if Teddy Bridgewater did not play well, they could become a fluke until uh, Breeze come back and then he would have to basically ball out in order to get them into the playoffs. Fortunately for the Saints, that has not been a problem with them. So I will go back on my word and admit I was wrong about Bridgewater. I think he's a great quarterback. He's a great backup. I think if he has a chance to, if Drew Brees retires after this season, to go ahead and um, take that position with the Saints because they have a young team and they have a, an equipped team for him to win. So, yeah, the Saints are the real deal. I like them in, in the NFC. What about you? I like the Saints. I like Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, I said it before, when Drew Brees went down in the beginning, um, as long as Teddy Bridgewater can do his job, keep the chains moving, and put points on the board, I think the Saints will be fine. And he's done all of those things and more. And he's really exceeded expectations. And like you said, when Drew Brees retires, maybe Teddy Bridgewater takes over. Or Teddy Bridgewater gets a starting job somewhere else. Because, I mean, he's either a really, really good backup or a decent starter. He's a he's decent. So, I like Teddy. But obviously, uh, I would have switched in Drew Brees when uh, when he was healthy because obviously Drew Brees is the Saints franchise quarterback so it wouldn't make sense to me to leave Teddy Bridgewater in over over a healthy Drew Brees uh, he did come back and throw for over 300 yards and two touchdowns I believe so I believe any uh, any rumors of him not playing well after coming back from injury are snuffed out so Okay, and the Rams, 5-3, and three, have been playing better in recent weeks. Um, Jared Goff is not throwing almost 70 passes per game anymore since the last couple of weeks. Looked really good um, against Cincinnati. I know they're a terrible team, but looked really good. Cooper Cup had a really good game. Are they a fluke or are they real? Will we see them crumble? Honestly... I don't know. I can't call it. Some weeks they look good and some weeks they have glaring problems to me that tells me they won't make it. But as of right now, I can say I'm riding. I can say the Rams are real right now for right now. I think they'll I think they'll be fine. But Akeem Tlaib was on IR anyway. Like you said, Cooper Cup's coming back. Jared Goff is looking better. He's looking better and better every year to me. So, I don't know. I mean, even without Marcus Peters, I can't call it. What do you think? I don't know either. I think that, like you said, they play really good some weeks. Other weeks, they play very, very bad. They they go away from their offensive scheme, and it hurts Todd Gurley. It hurts... Um, a couple of the wide receivers on the team. Um, I think they have a better potential of crumbling towards the end of the season than actually getting it, getting into the playoffs, getting deep into the playoffs anyways. I'm going to go with the Rams being a fluke this year. I know I said they were real earlier this season. I'm going to go with them being a fluke. I just want to – let me ask you a question. So last year – uh, obviously, the Rams had a very, a very smart 
offense, like, right, it was a very smart offense. Sean McVay was at the top of coaches Mm -hmm. outside of Bill Belichick. But um, do you think that teams have figured out the Rams scheme? Is that why they're playing away from their strengths? Because teams have figured, figured it out? Um, I think that it's part of it. I also think another part of their of their um, unsuccessful, you know, games have been due to Todd Gurley being hurt or net or still nursing that knee injury. Um, and then another part is allowing Jared Goff to throw seventy pass. You're not gonna win. You're not gonna win many games in NFL if your quarterback's throwing seventy passes. And 30 of those are completions, you know. It's just not a good percentage that you're going to win. And then even the ones when he's thrown, like, 65 passes and completed 20, or 40 of them, uh, most of them were, like, little hitch routes of so 10-yard gains here, 8-yard gain there, but not really able to move the ball enough to get upfield. And then when you throw the ball that many times, you have to think about the chances of an interception, happening so I think it's a combination of what you said people figuring out their game um the health of their players and then allowing Jared Goff to throw that many passes I agree um the Lions we got them up on the board three three and one we did talk about this a little bit earlier um I still stand in agreement that I think that the Lions are better than what their record shows and they have a chance to really get into the playoffs and make some noise. I'm going to stick with the Lions being a real team. I'm going to stick with that. And I hate I hate to do it because I feel like as, you know, people that are from Detroit, people that have lived in Detroit, you grow to like the Lions, you grow to hate the Lions at the same time that you love them. And it's like we always put them on this pedestal and then they all, always fall short. I don't think this is the year that they're going to fall short early. I think they're going to finish the year out strong. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and stay and say they're fluke. They're getting better, but Matt Stafford consistently has to try to do more with less. And some somebody is going to give somewhere. Something's gonna give somewhere. And Stafford is gonna continue to try to do more with less. That that's just that's just what I think. Okay, so the Lions have, let's see, they have nine regular season games left, right? And they're going to play the Bears twice. The Bears' defense will affect the Lions' offense, but the Bears' offense is not, they're not going to be able to really do much against the Lions. So I think they'll win both times against Chicago. So that's two wins there. Um, They're going to beat the Bucks. I believe. I believe they're going to beat the Broncos and the Redskins. So that's five games out of their next nine that they could win. They're going to play the Packers and the Vikings as well. And I do believe they could probably probably beat the Cowboys. So I got two if games there. So let's just say, hypothetically, they go on to win seven of their next nine. They'll, they'll definitely get into the playoffs. But they'll probably fall short somewhere if they get a, like a wild card or anything like that. Mm, and that, it's, 
it's so tough for the Lions, you know, it's so tough for them. All of that hinges on their starters being healthy. Like Darius Slade hurts his hamstring like every other week. Snacks is he got hurt a couple weeks ago. Fortunately, he was able to come back, but every week it's somebody getting hurt. You know, so no, I agree. With you. So I mean, if they can stay healthy, and the Bears' pass rush to me presents a problem because when that offensive line folds, the lines don't look good at all. Yeah, that, that D will be a problem for the Lions, but they're, the Bears' offense, you know as well as I know that, right. it's just not. Right. <laughs> it's just it's just whatever, you know? Like, they, they're not really good at moving the ball. They get lucky on some plays. They have some good players, but I don't know. Let's just hope for the best for the Lions. What about your player of the week? My player of the week? To be honest with you, I ain't even grab a player of the week for NFL. Okay, that's cool. That's that's cool. That's that's why we real, you know what I'm saying? Because we we keeping it real hundred hundred thousand with y'all. Look, we're not getting paid no money to do this podcast. We're doing it because we enjoy it, number one. We both work full time jobs. So if we miss something or forget something, you know, don't don't hit us over the head with it. All right. So I'm gonna fill in right here. Um you got Tevin Coleman. That's my player of the week. Um, 11 carries, 105 yards, three rushing touchdowns, and one receiving touchdown. Phenomenal game. Phenomenal game. Picked him up off the waiver boards two weeks ago in fantasy, and he came through. I still have not won a game in fantasy. I'm I'm technically on eight, but that's okay. It happens. And this, if I go on 16, on 13, this will be the second year in my seven years of playing fantasy that this has happened to me. Here's what I'll I don't care. Here's what I'll do. I'll give you the stats from my leading fantasy producer Christian McCaffrey this week. 14 attempts, 117 yards, one touchdown. He got me 29 points. He's eating. I'm in the middle. I might make it. I might not. We'll see. I'm four and four. <laughs> Four and four. Uh, what are you predicted to finish? Let's get into that before we uh, jump into the NBA pick them real quick. What are you predicted to finish in fantasy? What what place? I was predicted to finish third, but now I'm predicted to finish. If I win this week, I'm pretty sure to jump back to third. Who do you play this week? I play uh, Diego. Ooh, yeah. See, did you see that trade to try to go down this morning? So listen. Um, all our people that listen to this podcast, text us or, you know, hit us up on Twitter at Feel the Heat underscore KW or let us know on anchor.fm forward slash Feel the Heat. Let us know what you think about this trade if you're into fantasy football at all. We had one guy send over Nick Chubb. Um, do you have that trade? Can you pull it up so I can make sure it's accurate? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I can pull it up. I see, Pull up, bro. I, seen, I seen that this morning, and it was vetoed. It was a trade of Nick Chubb, James Conner, and Kyle Rudolph and Golden Tate for Saquon Barkley, Hunter Henry, and Philip Lindsay. Yeah. Um, and when it happened, I had I'm the commissioner of the league. I got a couple of text messages. I said, "Look, if you don't like it." Vote on it, just like they did you guys last season. So these, matter of fact, the two guys that are trading these these players 
our teammate, our, our best friends, one is going to make the playoffs. The other one is probably not going to make the playoffs, and he's trying to make a push to get in there. So, no, we're not having that. Y'all can get out of here with that. Do you guys think that was a fair trade, though? Read the trade back one more time to them so they can uh, comment on it. Well, it was Saquon Barkley, Hunter Henry, and Philip Lindsay for Nick Chubb, James Conner, Kyle Rudolph, and Golden Tate. And, and Kyle Rudolph is like, he's terrible. He's probably averaging maybe like one or two points a game. No, no, not going to happen, man. But I'm not going to get too caught up on that. Let's move forward to NBA pick um, this week. Um, tomorrow, we have the Bucks at the Celtics. Who are you taking? I'm taking the Celtics. You know, you know, I love me some Celtics. I got Jason Tatum on my fantasy team. Uh, obviously, Kemba Walker being in Boston. I mean, I didn't get an invite to that fantasy team, bro. I don't like that. Who who running that, Jermaine? No, I'm with a coworker of mine. A co-worker. Okay, okay, okay. Just making sure. Yeah, I'm with. A- Go ahead. But obviously. Al Horford not being on Boston anymore and Inez Kanter being there who is honestly suspect on defense is going to present a problem on the interior as Al Horford was pretty reliable in holding down that interior but I'm going to take the Boston Celtics bro I like this I like the Bucks. I like the Bucks in this matchup I like I like Giannis I like Chris Middleton um uh, again, in this matchup, I'm gonna take the Bucks. I'm gonna take the Bucks. What about the Pistons at the Raptors? Ooh, I'm gonna take the Ra- I'm gonna take the. No, I'm not gonna take the Raptors. I'm gonna take the Pistons. D Rose has been balling. Uh, the Pistons is my home team, so I gotta take them. I got the Pistons. I'm going with the Pistons. D Rose has been balling. He's not like MVP Derrick Rose, but he's like. Uh, Derrick Rose, after his knee injury initially, came back and still ball type. He looking, he's looking really good. I'm gonna go with the, I'm gonna go with the Pistons. Actually, actually, go ahead, go actually, ahead. now that you, it's funny that you said uh, MVP because Derrick Rose this year is actually averaging more points than he actually did his MVP season. Yeah, he's balling. He's balling. Yeah. It's a matter of the Pistons going to ball with him, the supporting cast. And it's time for the Pistons to get rid of Reggie Jackson. He got to go. Yeah, it's time. How about the Clippers at the Jazz? I like the Clippers because Kawhi Leonard can be on, uh, whatchamacallit, load management for three quarters and they can still win with ease with their bench players playing more minutes than their best players. Okay, I do honestly like the Clippers in this matchup, but I think the Jazz can get them if Michael Conley actually shows up and plays and does what he's been doing this last several years of his career. And I do like um, Rudy Gobert. Um, I like the the presence that he brings in the paint for them, but... Gobert. um, I don't know. I don't know if it'll be enough. So, how about Friday? Rockets at Brooklyn Nets. I got to rock with my man Kyrie. You know, I'm a Kyrie fan. I mean, although I'd love to say the Rockets, even though it's right there, but I got to say Kyrie because that's that's my man. That's my favorite player. I'm going to rock with the Nets. 
I think it's going to take almost a 50-point performance from Kyrie to win this game. So I'm going to go with the Rockets and Russell Westbrook and James Harden. What about... And and Kyrie is capable. He's he's definitely capable of doing it. He's just going to... He's going to need it. Um, But... Uh, that's the game to watch right there Friday. I'll be tuned in on to that. What about the Spurs at the Warriors? And while we're mentioning this game, the Warriors got their first dub last night against New Orleans. They were up at one point like 26 or 26 points, like 70 to like, I don't know, 70, 72, 74 to like 50 or something like that in the second quarter. So the Warriors had their big um, game where they had their big spurt of scoring from everybody. I mean, everybody was getting off that game. And I know it's against the Pelicans, but the Pelicans have looked really good against tough competition so far this season. Um, but who you got, Spurs or at the Warriors? I got Spurs. D'Lo can't stop DeMar DeRozan. And nobody can stop – who can stop L.A.? Tell me who can stop L.A. Draymond? Well, that's their biggest problem right now is uh, they don't have any big men. Uh, Kevon Looney's going to be out. Um and Cali Stein is out with a foot sprain, so that's what's really hurting them. They have no interior defense right now, and that's and that's what the Spurs' offense is primarily producing. They are uh, the Spurs are not a great three point shooting team, so they're gonna attack yeah, the- I like the Spurs. Dejounte Murray is gonna attack the basket. I mean, lately he's been adding the three point shot to his game a little more, so it's been getting better, but primarily. He's a facilitator and a passer, and I believe they're going to attack the rim and that interior because Golden State's defense is honestly trash. Like, even Draymond tweeted, we suck. (laughs) He said in the media, in the the press conference. So, um, yeah, I like the Spurs. So, let's bring it in. Let's tie it home tonight. Game six in Houston. The Astros are up 3-2 on the Nationals. The, the Astros have won the last three games. I think it's going to be unfortunate. But the Astros will end the series tonight in Houston. But if they don't, and if they don't win this game six tonight, then the Nationals will win the World Series in game seven. And if Webb has nothing else, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up today. Got anything else to say? I'm good. All right, so catch us on Friday. If we're not posting and recording Friday, catch us early Saturday morning before NCAA Week um, 10 takes off. Actually, I'm your host, Dan. Go ahead. I do want to put on the record. Sometimes sometimes if we don't record on Tuesday or Friday, because obviously there's a three-hour difference between us, we'll always have the episode the next day. So if it's not Tuesday or Friday, it's going to be Wednesday or Saturday. I appreciate you clearing that up. So you heard it from the man himself. Um, I'm Day. You know who? You know the voice. I'm right here. This is this is Day. I'm your host. My co-host is Webb. He's always giving you them facts and giving you them unconventional takes that you all just can't stand sometimes. But that's why we're here. We wouldn't be called Feel the Heat if if it wasn't going to happen that way. So catch us Friday. Um, If you don't hear anything from us Friday, we will update you on our social networks and let you know it'll be available Saturday 
Um, hit us up on anchor.fm forward slash feel the heat or on Twitter at feel the heat underscore KW. Let us know what you thought about this episode. Send in your questions and have a good week. We out.